What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ian McLaren. I am your host, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL and discuss some other fun stuff along the way as well. You may have noticed in recent months that we're not exactly daily, and that's because you know, hockey's been shut down for the last, what, three months due to COVID-19. But we do have an update on the return to play plan, which we will share here today. Before I get into all that, I want to remind you that you can find the podcast wherever you get uh, other podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. I recently got a Google nest mini for father's day and discovered that i can do this hey google play the latest locked on boston bruins podcast okay playing the latest episode of locked on bruins daily podcast on the boston bruins episode 167 what to make of jake debrusque on google podcasts how cool is that now you can also follow the show on twitter at lo underscore boston bruins and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. What else is there by way of introduction? I think that pretty much covers it. Actually, no. I want to mention that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. So COVID-19 is still very much with us as cases just continue to grow around the United States primarily. Up here in Canada, we seem to have it pretty much under control, although there are still new cases every day, not in the range that we see in southern states primarily. Bob McKenzie of TSN dropped a a pretty lengthy tweet thread this morning, uh, Monday, June 29th, to kind of lay out the latest in the NHL's return to play plan and where things stand at the moment. So I'll just kind of share that and then we'll uh, get into it a little bit. He said, in the ongoing saga of NHL hub cities, we may get a formal announcement from the NHL, NHLPA as early as today. If not today, then tomorrow. Stop me if you've heard that before, but for now anyways, that's where things are at. Las Vegas and Toronto appear to remain front runners, but that comes with the obligatory caution. A week ago today, Las Vegas and Vancouver were front runners, and Vancouver, of course, is no longer involved in the process. Until an announcement is formal, it's a fluid process. Coronavirus case counts in Nevada have spiked. NHL, NHLPA did more due diligence on sites over the weekend. If Vegas is formally chosen, it's I believe it's due in large part to Vegas bid being the best locked down or protected bubble of the six remaining candidates. No one is suggesting negotiations between the NHL and the Players Association on protocol and terms for Phase 3, training camps, and Phase 4, actual games and hubs, and a CBA extension are complete, but they have done a lot of heavy lifting and are getting closer. The feeling all along is that if they want to stick to tentative schedule for return to play, players would have to be voting on Phase 3 and 4 and CBA by the end of the month, beginning of July. Well, that is this week. 
July 1st being Wednesday, which is typically Canada Day, not typically Canada Day, which is Canada Day, and typically NHL free agent frenzy. McKenzie adds, tentative date for Phase 3 to begin is July 10th. That's still in place, but there's a chance it will be pushed back a little. I've heard July 13th as a possibility, but two things on that. No official change to July 10 yet, and new start dates wouldn't mean Phase 4 date changes. Back to hubs for a moment on the Vegas and Toronto talk. I neglected to mention, this is Bob continuing, the other cities still in the mix, Edmonton, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Five in total, now that Vancouver, which had made it six, is out. So there you go. That's kind of the latest. It looks like Vegas and Toronto will be the hub cities, although Edmonton, Chicago, and Los Angeles still have an outside shot. There will need to be a vote by the players on these return-to-play plans uh, before training camps can convene and actual games can be played in the hub cities. There's also a collective bargaining agreement extension on the table as well, which we know there are some concerns about among the players with Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers coming out and uh, kind of decrying the escrow system. There are some concerns about the hub cities and players being uh, not torn apart, but removed from their families for some time as well. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that the vote will be passed unanimously, uh, but I, I would imagine there would be enough for it to pass and the return to play plans can go ahead. Now, Vegas, of course, is one of the areas where COVID is spiking a bit and, uh, that might be a concern for the players as well. Also, the temptation to go out may be too heavy for them. Um, you know, it's one thing to be in Vegas. It's another to be locked down in a hotel and uh, not being able to partake in the uh, festivities that the city offers. For the Bruins, we know that a few players have been getting together to uh, participate in voluntary workouts at Warrior Ice Arena as Phase 2 progresses. Zdeno Charov, Par Lindholm, and John Moore have skated in a group, while Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and Sean Corrali hit the ice together on Thursday. Uh, so just a, a handful of players, really, who have taken up the offer to, to skate, and certainly some more players will be uh, joining the fray uh, in short order here as things progress towards the expected return to play training camps on July 10th, which is only just a couple weeks away, if, if you can believe it. Before we move along, I want to remind you that the Locked On Podcast Network stands firmly against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, Locked On has been matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. I made a donation to Black Girl Hockey Club. If you want to make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. BuiltBar.com offers the opportunity to order the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, and come in 8 
chocolate nut flavors and eight chocolate nut free flavors. If it sounds too good to be true, well, Built Bar is also very healthy for you. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. You can mix and match flavors. For example, the peanut butter brownie, there's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. And it tastes unbelievable. I can attest to that. Again, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar ever. Before we jump back into return to play talk, as uh, Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy is addressing the media on a Zoom call, uh, kind of as I record, so I'll get to that in a couple moments. First, I wanted to talk about the NHL draft lottery that took place on Friday. Uh, I was going to do a mailbag section, but uh, locked on NHL convener uh, Sean Woodley, he asked a question about uh, the NHL draft lottery and how it relates to the Bruins. So I thought I would uh, devote this middle segment of the podcast today to that question. So he asked, what are the three coolest potential Lafreniere teams? And also, which team are you the most afraid of landing him as a Bruins fan? For those of you who missed it, the NHL conducted its draft lottery on Friday, and in very NHL fashion, the number one pick was awarded to a yet-to-be-determined team. This is how the NHL wrote it on the .com. The number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft will be determined by the second phase of the NHL draft lottery after the results of the first phase on Friday. The team will be one of the eight that are eliminated from the Stanley Cup qualifiers. It will be determined by a second drawing to be held before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Each of the eliminated teams will have a 12.5% chance of winning the number one pick. Wow, great job, NHL. So as we all know, there are four teams in each conference who uh, will play each other in a seeding round, and then the next eight teams in each conference will play a qualifying best three out of five to determine the rest of the 16 actual Stanley Cup playoff teams. So the teams that lose will be put in a another lottery to determine the winner of the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes. As a refresher, here are the matchups that uh, will make up this qualifying round. Pittsburgh versus Montreal, Carolina versus the New York Rangers, the Islanders against the Panthers, and the Maple Leafs against the Blue Jackets in the East. And out West, we have the Oilers versus Blackhawks, Predators versus Coyotes, Canucks versus Wild, and the Flames uh, versus the Jets. And basically, what it means is a team as high in the standings as the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had 86 points. If they were to lose to the Montreal Canadiens, who are uh, at 71 points, then Pittsburgh has a chance at getting the number one overall pick. The losing teams in this round will have a 12.5% chance of getting the number one pick. 
So that could be anyone from the, like I said, the Penguins, the Maple Leafs, the Blackhawks, the Rangers, uh, the Hurricanes. Any one of these teams could get the number one pick if they end up losing in this qualifying round, which is pretty bananas when you think of it. I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about, you know, tanking to get the a good shot at the number one pick versus competing as hard as possible for a chance at the playoffs and the Stanley Cup. In my mind, that's pretty ridiculous. If you have a chance to win the Cup, you go as hard as you can for the Stanley Cup because that is tangible victory, whereas getting the top pick, while it might set you up for future success, there is no guarantee of success. You always go for the Cup when you can get it. Now, back to Sean's question. He asked... What are the three coolest potential Lafreniere teams? By that, I'm guessing he means kind of, you know, which uh, would be the best stories, which would I like to see. Um, Man, I don't even know. I think it'd be kind of cool if he went to the Coyotes. They've been, you know, searching for that number one pick all along. They missed out on getting the Hodentown boy, Austin Matthews. I think it would be... Uh, good for them to get that and to finally um, establish themselves as a legitimate uh, Stanley Cup contender in the NHL Western Conference. They uh, are a very good team. If they re-sign Taylor Hall, they have Phil Kessel, you add Lafreniere to the mix, uh, that would be a pretty cool uh, story, I think. Um, Who else? I think it would be actually kind of cool if the Blue Jackets got Lafreniere after all their star players left. Not all their star players, but, you know, Bobrovsky left. They lost Panarin. Um, If they were to lose to the Maple Leafs, get that automatic injection of talent and, um, you know, that could really give them a boost uh, as well. Uh, Not that I really like the Blue Jackets. I don't know. There's not really any team that I think would be, oh, that would be really cool for for them to get Lafreniere. Obviously, I want the Bruins to get Lafreniere if possible. That's not going to happen. And it seemed like the Bruins dodged a bit of a bullet in avoiding him being drafted by Ottawa or Detroit. Ottawa fell to uh, number three. Detroit fell to number four. And the Los Angeles Kings will get the second pick, which will probably be Quinton Byfield. But now there's a chance that, you know, maybe the Canadians will get Lafreniere and add that homegrown talent that they've always been looking for with the number one pick. If they lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs will get Lafreniere. If they lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets, maybe the Florida Panthers will get Lafreniere if they lose to the Islanders. So there's uh, three even better teams in the Atlantic division that could have a chance of getting the number one pick if they lose in this qualifying round, which would be Bad news for the Bruins. The team I'm most afraid of landing him. I don't know if I'm afraid of anyone landing him. Uh, I would hate to see him go to the Maple Leafs, to be quite honest. Um, It would be kind of cool for the Canadians to get him. Uh, Just having that Quebec talent 
on the team, but uh, not that I really want them to get any better. I already like some of their prospects in Nick Suzuki and Cam Hillis. Um, I think I'd probably hate the Blackhawks getting him. Um, I wouldn't be afraid of it, per se, but you know, one of those Atlantic teams I think I'd be afraid of. Maybe even the, the Panthers, really, because they have a very good team already, and um, you know, if Bobrovsky is able to even play marginally well for them, they'll be a dangerous team. I've said that all season long, and adding Lafreniere would just set them up for, for greater success. The Maple Leafs, uh, if they were to get him, obviously they'd have to make some changes once his uh, entry-level contract is up. They certainly are already having trouble cap-wise with Nylander, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares making big money. They wouldn't be able to re-sign Lafreniere at big money and also remain competitive on the back end and in net. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where he let lands and um, you know if I'm picking who will be the teams I'd say it'll be Montreal they'll lose to Pittsburgh um, Carolina and the Rangers is a real toss-up to me I don't really know who to pick in that series but I'll, I'll go with the the Hurricanes because they were the stronger team overall this season uh, the Islanders I see losing to the Panthers so I'll put them in there and then Columbus, Toronto, we'll pick Toronto. So that would leave Montreal, the Rangers, Islanders, and Blue Jackets in the running out in the Eastern Conference. And then out West, uh, Edmonton, Chicago. I'll go Edmonton there. So that would be Chicago, which I would hate to see. Arizona and Nashville. Uh, That's a toss-up too. Uh, But I already picked Arizona. So... To, to get Lafreniere, so I'll go Nashville there. Vancouver, I'll pick, and then Calgary. So that would leave Chicago, Arizona, Minnesota, and Winnipeg out west. I believe the actual pick belonged to uh, Arizona's spot in the standing, so I guess it would make the most sense for them to get him. There was another question that I wanted to answer, and that came from Yuso Kakianainen out in uh, Finland who always has great questions. He asks, which player would you take for the season 2020-2021? Krug at $8 million or DeBrusque at $5 million? To be quite honest, I think that's a bit much for both of those guys. Uh, I'd like to see the Bruins sign DeBrusque closer to $3 million, maybe Krug at uh, $7 million. If I had to pick one of those guys at those numbers, it would probably be Tori Krug, just because... He's more of a proven entity at this point. You know what you're going to get from him, and he's worth that kind of money. He'll command it on the open market. Uh, DeBrusque, it's a completely different situation because the Bruins will have more leverage since he's a restricted free agent. Um, so hopefully they can get him signed at less than $5 million per season. Before we move on, let's quickly talk about rockauto.com. If you are a car enthusiast and are looking for car parts for any make or model look no further than rockauto.com they are a family-owned business and they serve auto parts customers online for over 20 years if you go to rockauto.com you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So I mentioned head coach Bruce Cassidy went on Zoom today and uh, shared some thoughts on uh, just, yeah, the the status of the team as training camps are set to begin in a couple weeks. He said the Bruins are still on schedule to start training camp on July 10th, and he expects there to be 30 skaters during camp. There are a lot of younger players from Providence who would have to excel during camps to push a regular spot out of the lineup, but these Providence call-ups will be crucial in terms of taking part in scrimmages and exhibitions during Phase 3. I think we've talked in the past about some of the players that might push for a spot. You got Jack Stanika for sure. Uh, perhaps Zach Sinitian, uh Jacob Zborl played pretty well down the stretch. Uh, but the roster that we had in place prior to the pause is likely what, what we'll have. And, and we'll uh, kind of look at that more closely once training camp does get underway. Cassidy did say there will be four goalies. Uh, around for training camp. They will be Tuka Rask, of course, Yaroslav Valak, Max Legacy, and Dan Vlader will be around as well. So there'll be 30 players plus the four goalies, I believe, is is how it's going to work out. Uh, what else did Bruce Cassidy say here? This is mostly from Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal, who's been on the podcast before and who took some uh, good tweets from this conversation. Cassidy said, On a scenario in which players can opt out of returning to play once the NHL reaches Phase 4, he said, I think the player's right to work in a safe environment uh, is important, and we'd have to have an internal discussion about how they would handle that. Right now, he said, No Bruins players have had any reservations about returning for training camp or game action. And he said, how will the Bruins stay entertained once they get to a bubble environment? He said, the Xbox guys are going to be fine talking about David Pasternak, Jake DeBrusque, some of the other younger guys who have relied on that. He concluded by saying, I'm sure going to miss you guys talking about the media. uh, If they're not allowed to cover the Stanley cup playoffs, Bruce Cassidy, uh, always a great quote. And uh, we're lucky to have him as Bruins head coach. He also said uh, hilariously that if um, one of the hub cities is Toronto, that the Bruins should have no problem because they have had success in the playoffs in that arena in the po- in the past. He said, well, we've played well in that rink in the playoffs, so that's a positive. Speaking, of course, of Scotiabank Arena in Toronto where the Bruins won game six of round one last year uh, to force the game seven and eventually move on to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. A lot to digest in terms of return to play and the moving parts therein and 
the NHL's uh, hilarious attempt at having a draft lottery and the uncertainty that's still coming from that. If you love uncertainty, I can't recommend Dark on Netflix uh, any more than I have already. Season 3 dropped on Saturday. It's a mind-bending time travel show uh, from Germany, so there's subtitles on top of it, uh, but really grounded in strong character development and relationships that are uh, really ro- rope you in. So I, hi- I highly recommend you checking that show out. As I mentioned, I've also been watching uh, Billions, uh, Halt and Catch Fire, and New Girl. Those are kind of the, the shows that are keeping me occupied right now. I also just started Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel, or Mantle, which is uh, the first of a three-part series on uh, Henry VIII and his uh, attempts to get out of his marriage and how that all happened uh, historically and the involvement of Thomas Cromwell in that. I, I'm a bit of a sucker for historical fiction. I read all the Ken Follett books earlier this year and late last year, and uh, this one's pretty pretty good so far, so I, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting deeper into this one and, and reading all three of those books. So yeah, I hope you are all doing well and taking care of yourselves. Uh, I only have a two-day work week this week with Canada Day coming up, and then I took some holidays, but the podcast will still uh, drop on Wednesday and Friday as per usual. Just go to your podcast app, subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins so that when a new episode is uh, dropped, it will automatically be uploaded to your feed. You can also check out the Locked On NHL podcast, which is also always very entertaining. And uh, do support them as they do great work over there. So yeah, happy Monday, friends. And I will catch you on uh, Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Peace.